0: On this episode, I'm featuring a session from the 2019 BitBlock Boom Conference. And this session is from Tone Vase. Let's take a listen. BitBlock Boom! Here he is, your friend and mine, Tone Vase. Oh, thank cool. Morning everyone. Thank you for coming out. Hope everybody enjoyed the meat dinner uh, last night uh awesome following safe listen to his presentation i'm actually glad he talked about diet and not his book because i am um i didn't want to directly repeat his presentation uh so those of you that aren't familiar with my work though i doubt uh, in this room there's many of those uh check me out on youtube as tonevase tonevase.com have a couple of conferences unconfiscatable understanding bitcoin and uh there's a new presentation uh This is the practice run because this is the presentation I'm going to be giving at all of the conferences around the world that are still focused on ICOs and altcoins and God knows what. So the title of the presentation is Bitcoin. There can be only one. There we go. And um, I'm basically going to talk about um, why why uh, Bitcoin will basically eat all the shit coins and why all of them are going away. And I'm gonna point to some of the details. So the big graphic right there is my attempt to categorize all of the altcoin space and the ICO space and I really wanted to do it as a three Venn diagram ended up being as a four Venn diagram and now that everyone is slowly starting to merge mine with Bitcoin uh, because obviously they can't keep up uh, the the shroud, I might have to put a fifth one in here, Uh, but this is what we're working with for now Um, like with almost all of my presentations it worked a minute ago there we go It was just slow, sorry guys. Yeah, I got it, I got it. I'll just, just a little delay. One more. Yeah. There's a lot of slides, so I do need this working. Okay. Um, I just, I, I always show the first screen of the white paper, just the, Uh, basically, uh, just the abstract, and uh, just to remind people that what did Satoshi invent? Uh, Satoshi solved the double spending problem by inventing proof of work. The word blockchain was never seen in the Satoshi white paper. Um, And where did the word blockchain came from? Well, it came from a little comment in the code uh, where Satoshi said when they solved uh, the proof of work, uh, they broadcast the block to everyone, and the block is added to the blockchain. Uh, that word wasn't important. Uh, in very early writings, it's referred to as a time chain. And uh, But the word blockchain has been basically ran away with, and now everything is a blockchain. So let's talk about proof of work. And this is where um, Safe's book starts to come in, in that... Uh, people always say that mining is wasteful and uh, how it's killing, a, uh, it will kill the world. And now mining is bigger than a small country and soon it will be bigger than a medium country and soon it will be bigger than uh, a big country. And um, I'll just read a little footnote from that book. Uh, the question of whether Bitcoin wastes electricity is at its heart a miss, uh expert Uh, a misunderstanding of the fundamental of the fundamentally subjective nature of value electricity is generated worldwide in large quantities uh, to satisfy the needs of computers, consumers. Uh, The only judgment about whether the electricity has gone to waste or not lies with basically the consumer. Uh, So as long as the electricity uh, goes to serve a purpose, it has not been wasted. And we really do need this purpose of having politically neutral money. So um, the other thing that people don't realize is that bitcoin was basically the combination of all of the technology that came before it it wasn't something that randomly uh was created so here's an email exchange from 2001 uh, and i'm just going to read the very last part personally i like the idea of hash cash if and only if it is structured like a real currency as opposed to simply proof of work In the real world, you pay for the resources used. In many cases, uh, this should also apply to -to peer-to-peer and other other computer systems. Of course, getting hashcash workable as a real currency is extremely difficult. I've thought of a scheme that would work. Coins are signed by owner and can only be changed, signed to a different owner, by the owner. Except you need a decentralized, central database of all the hashcash that's been minted unworkable, shit, Spent twice problem. So this was an attempt to solve this problem with proof of work in an email, Saturday afternoon, around noon, uh, March 2001. Who wrote it? I hit it, but I don't want to go too far. There we go. Peter Todd at 15 years old, uh, writing an email to Hal Finney. Okay. So, um, after Bitcoin, when you see someone show up and say, "I solved it. I solved all the problems," uh, I think the first question I would like to ask is, "What exactly were you doing at 15 on a Saturday afternoon?" Uh, because <laughs> because people a lot smarter than you have been working on this basically their entire life since they uh, since they realized what the internet was. Uh, so you really wanna. Keep in mind of where your developers came from, and what they were doing before, and what kind of things they were uh, trying to solve. Okay, I have to press it harder. So um, Satoshi also realized that this is going to be money, and it's going to be critical, and one of the most important things to it is stability stability that things aren't going to move fast and break things which is why in 2010 he wrote the nature of bitcoin is such that once version 0.1 was released the core design was set in stone for the rest of its lifetime this immutability is not a feature of the bitcoin software which is trivial to change for anyone with coding skills but rather is grounded in the economics of the currency and network and stems from the difficulty of getting every member of the network to adopt the same change to the software so now that we got the background on the bitcoin tech out of the way let's briefly talk about the money side of the equation again safety i'm not sure where you want to sit but uh referencing your book quite a lot here and uh uh, well, I'm already, I already know what your next book's going to be about, so that's why there's a picture right there. Um, so uh, just uh, a few quotes from the book about money. Hard money, by taking the question of supply out of the hands of governments and their economist propagandists would force everyone to be productive to society instead of seeking to get rich through the fool's errand of monetary manipulation. International economic summits are convened where world leaders try to negotiate each other's acceptable currency devaluation, making the value of the currency an issue of geopolitical importance." For every other money, uh, as its value rises, those that can produce it will start producing more of it, whether it's rhinestones, seashells, silver, gold, copper, or government money. Um, Everyone will have uh, an incentive to produce more. Bitcoin is the hardest money ever invented. Growth in its value cannot possibly increase its supply. It can only make the network more secure, and it makes Bitcoin fundamentally different from every other money. All right, now that the background's out of the way, let's talk about what everything that came after Bitcoin and how every uh, other cryptocurrency thinks they are better and greater. Um, I could have put hundreds more on here. I think I'll be uh, new came out, new, new stuff came out. I don't have everything covered, but let's talk about the most popular ones that are just not going away. Let's go right into Litecoin. Litecoin is the silver to Bitcoin's gold. It must be true since it's written in the Bitcoin blockchain. So, <laughs> so that's Charlie Lee. Uh, this is uh, 2015. And um, I think uh, uh, that was stamped into the Bitcoin blockchain way before that, like 2011. I don't have a screenshot of that. And of course, everyone else is pointing to their own cryptocurrencies. Uh, Hey, well, if uh, if Litecoin is silver and Bitcoin is gold, then Monero is platinum. And we'll get to Monero in a minute. So what does that mean? Well, let's get a little more details from Charlie Lee. Bitcoin is gold, Litecoin is silver, and XRP are diamonds. I was really curious about the XRP are diamonds part and which direction he was going to go with that. Uh, Mr. Lee um Uh, The extreme centralization of XRP makes him share specific characteristics with the diamond market. First of all, centralization allows for some manipulation. Charlie Lee also commented, so... At least he went in the right direction because they all have to compete with each other. And they all have to, as, as, as neutral as Charlie Lee likes to be, um, he is calling uh, Ripple more like diamonds because it's so centralized. I couldn't agree more. Um, everyone says how gold is manipulated. Well, to me, it's diamonds. I would love to see diamonds being traded in the futures market so I can also speculate on the price of diamonds. Now, it was, ooh, what happened there? Nope, oh, nope, sorry. Uh, no, I got it. Oh wait, am I, am I actually controlling this or no? Okay, hold on. So it should zoom in on that little chart. No, that doesn't work. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, maybe it did work. Uh, yep, so so there it is. So the blue line is the price of diamonds. Uh, that went up a lot in 1980 and in red is the price of ripple so uh it 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 really is uncanny how similar those things actually are um all right oh here we are I got oh I got it. i just have to point that way cool um and um so why can't there be the silver to bitcoin's gold when it comes to lightning once again, I am going to reference Seyfedine's The Bitcoin Standard. But the 19th century, however, with the development of modern banking and the improvement in methods for communication, individuals uh, could transact with paper money and checks backed by gold uh, in the treasuries for their banks and central banks. Uh, this made gold-backed transactions possible at any scale, thus obviating the need for silver's monetary role and gathering all essential monetary salability properties in the gold standard. Basically, uh, what it means is, if your hardest and most stable currency can scale, there is absolutely no need for another currency for its microtransactions. So this means that as long as uh, we can use Bitcoin with smaller and smaller transactions, uh, Lightning is doing just fine. And uh, if Lightning uh, does not work out, which I fully expect that it will, uh, people will most likely just be using centralized entities like Coinbase for their small transactions. It's unfortunate, but it will probably lead in that direction. So there would be. Oh, God, no. All right, what am I. Sorry, guys. There we go. Um, So. Uh, Basically, there's really no need for um, a micropayment to Bitcoin if Bitcoin scales. So all Litecoin has done is created um, uh, basically inflation on top of Bitcoin in a much more insecure way. And um, here we have Luke Dash Jr. who pointed this out uh, all the way back in 2013, where he said scams like Litecoin made three irrelevant changes. They changed the proof of work function uh, to script from SHA-256. They created a faster block, uh, but it's not really faster because it's less secure. So you need like 24 or more uh, blocks uh, took uh, confirmations in order to get the same security as a couple of blocks in Bitcoin. And they created a larger supply of Litecoins, but there is more micro Bitcoin than there is Litecoin. So basically, uh, he was able to point this out long and long ago. So there really is no need for silver to Litecoin's gold. Uh, there's only no need for silver to Bitcoin's gold uh, because go, uh, Bitcoin is going to scale uh, for smaller and smaller transactions. Now... Let's talk about the privacy side of things. Everyone is hype on Monero, and Monero has lots of competition uh, from Bean and Grin, and uh, what else is there? Well, I think everyone knows by now that Dash isn't private, but they they haven't figured that out yet. Uh, Zcash and uh, many others. So... I try to find as many buzzwords from the Bitcoin space that shows you of the things that are gonna go into Bitcoin to create the fungibility and privacy for Bitcoin. Uh, from Schnorr signatures to Taproot, Bulletproofs, uh, CoinJoin, PaintJoin, gra- uh, Graphroot. Uh, we already have wallets that are giving you uh, privacy, Wasabi, Samurai. Uh, lightning of a is supposed to be pretty private. And of course, the liquid sidechain that's the one that's flying under the radar. Um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of, since no one actually uses Monero uh, for transactions, uh, the best use case is, hey, I'm gonna take my Bitcoin, I'm gonna use a centralized exchange that knows who I am, I'm gonna convert that into Monero, uh, and then I'm gonna convert that back into Bitcoin, and all of a sudden, I have my privacy. Well, it's a lot better to do, maybe not today, but certainly by end of year, take your Bitcoin, put them right into the liquid side chain, convert them into liquid Bitcoin, uh, let them sit in there for a little bit, mix around, and then you're good to go when you pull them back out right into Bitcoin. You take on zero exchange risk, you take on uh, zero Bitcoin volatility risk, currency risk. So all of that is coming in. So why do we have all of these privacy coins? You know, the Zcash people testifying in Congress and all the rest. Well, it basically comes down to this. Oh, my God, I've just coded the greatest privacy encryption protocol of all time. Well, you look at it and say, well, is it backwards compatible with Bitcoin? Can we add it as a soft fork? If you could, then it's probably going to get added and Bitcoin will have privacy. So what happens when you can't? So when you come up with, say, mimble wimble, that that cannot be implemented on Bitcoin as a soft fork, What happens is someone says, I want to get rich. I'm going to take this interesting piece of code and I'm just going to monetize it. So if it's already been monetized, like Ring Signatures or MimbleWimble, Wimble, it's a shitcoin. If it hasn't been monetized yet, it's a future shitcoin. And yes, I am talking to David Schramm on this one. Um, So it really doesn't matter how interesting your encryption code is for your messages, if it can be added to Bitcoin, the, all you can do is just scam people by monetizing that piece of that line of code. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, and uh, this is one of the arguments I have when people say, well, wouldn't it be better if Bitcoin uh, had uh, encryption from the start uh, right in the underlying protocol? Yeah, of course, it would have been better, uh, but it, it, would have been, it also would have been better if the very first car that was created you know, was uh, like a Tesla, right? It, it would have been better, but it wasn't. Um, so uh, it is what it is, and we got to do the best thing we can because you're not going to change the underlying protocol uh, because everything pretty much has to be backwards compatible. I think unless... Um, I can still potentially see a hard fork in Bitcoin, but only if the other option is it just dies. Uh, But if anything is even debatably debatable, never going to happen. And I think we all in this room know that. And um, so sticking with privacy coins for 200, we have Zcash. And again, they have to find a way to monetize it. Not only do you need to Find a way to monetize the code by turning the code into uh, what you think could be a currency. You also have to somehow make money. So here we have Zcash, which uh, is collecting 20% of the mining reward, and they want the entire 20% in its first four years, uh, where you have 80% goes to the miners, 3% is of course going to the Zcash foundation, another 3% is going to the Zcash company. I'm not exactly sure what the difference is there. Um, And then you have the remaining 14.2% going to Zuko and friends. And of course, since this thing has already been around for three years and can continues to drop in price, Uh, the man's gotta eat. Uh, Apparently making three million a week is not enough. And now you have to go out on another speaking tour and beg for more money. Uh, So you have to either create more inflation or you basically try to convince people that you need more money. So, eh, oh, skip a couple actually. Oh, that's right, sure that happened. Um, so, uh, we also have Dash. I used to have this series called Crypto Scam where I talked about them individually. Uh, Fluffy Pony helped me out on this one uh, where he was basically uh, writing up everything on Dash and how insecure it is and how they basically scammed their way to existence. Uh, there's really no difference between an insta mine and a pre mine. Uh, Dash had lots of interesting things with it. It was called Xcoin when it launched, and by accident, um, uh, strictly by accident, what about like 5% of, uh, about 5% of everything, uh, was created in the very, very early, uh, just in the first few minutes. And then they, uh, and then the next day they decided they're not going to have 84 million coins. They're only going to have 21 million coins. And all of a sudden it wasn't 5% that was created, but it was, um, a lot more by percentage. Um, much time do I have left? Oh, I'm good? Oh, I'm good. All right, excellent. Um, we got a few more. Oh, again, I skipped one. I don't know. Hold on. Uh, I'm not sure which way, actually. Let's try back. It's always safer to go back. Perfect. Um, other ways uh you have to find a way to create money let's talk about steam it i used to put out like these graphics back on uh twitter all the time uh i used to pick like the hottest and greatest uh thing uh, i think my best timed one was i had uh the dow right there right i tweeted that out with the dow right before the mount stupid and uh the dow got hacked like 5 days later so that was my best timed one uh but uh this is basically what happens when you start creating things. And uh, it. well, what did Steemit do? it also, in a way, instamined. So basically, Steemit, uh, before anyone knew what it was, they said, we're going to have uh, you know, a coin. Anyone can mine it. But mining was only around for 30 days. So about a dozen people mined it for 30 days, and then it goes 98% proof-of-stake uh for another few months and then they announce what the Steemit platform is actually going to do and everyone's going to get paid in their own currency to write on the most centralized website known to man because about 8 people control which articles make it to the top uh so and and back when Steemit came out everything was just promoting Steemit and that's how you made all of your money in the form of Steemit, uh, in the form of Steam. And it's another one of those Dan Larimer complicated schemes of three different currencies and uh, again, a giant mess. But basically it all comes down to printing money for yourself. Now let's go over to the ICO space. So this graphic is actually somewhat complicated because like we have our proof of work coins. These are your Monero and your Litecoin. You have your proof-of-stake and proof-of-other insanity coins. Uh, this is uh, Next, which is all proof-of-stake, and I believe they're now merge mining. Uh, you have uh, proof-of-importance with with uh, NEM. And uh, it's in a different bucket, right, because they're trying to be a database layer. So these are your blockchains and decentralized ledgers. Now you have Hyperledger and r three. They don't have any tokens. So at this point, I'm like, I'm really respecting Hyperledger and R3 because they didn't decide to print their own money. I mean, this is what we're down to, right? Uh, (laughs) And uh, Ripple, on the other hand, printed a lot of money. And then you have uh, an unreasonable amount, actually. And and then you have uh, all of your ICOs over here. And then you have real disasters like TokenPay, which is an ICO and a proof of stake Uh, which is insane. And, uh, and then you have Ethereum here, Ethereum here, EOS there. Uh, again, it's an ICO, uh, but. It's still proof of work, so it has to be in the proof of work bucket. Uh, but it's also a database layer for smart contracts, so it's in, so it's in this corner. Um, EOS is not proof of work, so that's why it's in the proof of stake bucket. Uh, but it was also an ICO, and it's also trying to be a database layer. So uh, this stuff really gets out of control. You have. Uh, you have these guys here. This is your Zcash, your Decred, and your Dash. Uh, the reason why they're on the border with little asterisks is because they basically have uh, you know, developer funds or they were instamined. Uh, so uh so that's basically the breakdown of the entire um shitcoin space um so let's talk about a couple well, so what are the problems with icos and where are they going well uh those of you that paid attention earlier this week uh our own reggie middleton uh is not having a very good day uh I, and i like reggie too and i, I remember watching reggie on uh, kaiser report before either of us was were in bitcoin space and uh, Man, the SEC is really trolling, right? I mean, they were like a self-described financial guru. This is from, this is not some article. This is the official SEC's release. SEC filed charges against Reggie Middleton, a self described financial guru, um, and the entities of Veritasium. And I think most ICOs are about to get a very, very similar treatment. Uh, something a lot of us have been saying for a long time. Uh, it's unfortunate, but um, that's what happens. Um, let's head over to the smart contract base layers. As much as Rootstock, tried to do everything uh, well the liquid side chain unfortunately for them and ethereum and eos and cardano is finally out so this is a smart contract layer uh along with many other things uh from the liquid side chain uh i really gotta look way more into it you can create your altcoins right on top of it and this is where the future of smart contracts is going to be so sorry for ethereum and cardano and um, um, and root rootstock, uh, because those are probably going away. I think that's it. I mean, I could have zoomed into a lot more. I mean, I don't think I even need to talk about Ethereum in this room. Uh, but what I've always said about Ethereum, Ethereum suffers from four critical problems. Um, so one of them is the ICO problem that they created, and unlicensed, unregistered security. It's possible they can weasel out of that, Uh, with the statute of limit, uh, like it's just been too long, and they can afford advisors. So it looks like they're gonna weasel out of that one. Uh, The regulators were definitely late to the party. Uh, the, The other problem is we all know they can't scale. Their best idea, I think, has been to scale by merging with Bcash. Um, I think that's their <laughs> – I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, you, you really can't make this stuff up. Uh, so they can't scale. So technologically, they're, uh, they, they just can't do it. They're also thinking of building Ethereum 2.0. That's another fun one. Uh, so they have that technological problem. Um, I personally think they have um, a major economic problem in that you shouldn't have to use a native currency to use a service or a product. It shouldn't be needed. Uh, You should be able to pay in the currency of your choice, uh, creating all of these. I'm going to create a store, and I'm only going to accept Tonecoin for that store, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, Bitcoin is becoming uh, a major currency player in the world, so it will become a currency that everybody has. So you should be able to pay with Bitcoin for everything, but you're not going to have uh, Amazon accepting Amazon stock for its products uh, to sell you is Completely ridiculous, and that's the economic problem of all of these other blockchains or so-called blockchains. But most of them aren't even proof of work, and uh, and there's also a general, uh, just a general concept problem. Uh, Smart contracts probably don't need to be decentralized. Decentralization is very very difficult, and it's very very expensive. You can see how it's taking up the electricity of a medium-sized country. So. Um, doing something that does not require censorship resistance is really has no need to be decentralized. Uh, so all of these uh, smart contracts will probably be executed on AWS or on top of Google or on top of many other services. Uh, so that's basically Ethereum uh, in a nutshell. Oh, we, and we're going to close out with a tweet from uh, Giacomo Zucco who said it really, really well. Uh, Bitcoin maximalism also known as moderate common sense where Bitcoin could maybe succeed and it's in the middle of the spectrum Uh, because there are two other extremes that Bitcoin can't exist at all. That is your Noriel Rubini, no coiner or the multi coiner. Bitcoin is infinitely replicatable. It's not that innovative. It's not important. And my clone is the best. This is your Vitalik or Dan Larimer or, oh, I really should get that quote from Satoshi to Dan Larimer. Uh, if you still don't get it or don't understand it, I no longer have the time to explain it to you. Uh, some people don't remember, but that was said by Satoshi to Dan Larimer, and, um, who still doesn't get it, and he gave us BitShares and then Steam it, and then EOS, and God knows what else. All right, guys. On this note, that's it. This is uh, my view of the altcoin space in a nutshell uh my little practice run for this presentation as it makes its way into the altcoin conferences uh thank you so much thanks for listening to the bitblock boom podcast and if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review or share the bitblock boom podcast with your friends also make sure and take a look at this year's lineup of speakers that are at bitblockboom.com. And if you use the code COUSINS when purchasing your conference tickets, you'll receive 30% off the price of a general admission ticket. I hope I get to meet you in Dallas next year at the next BitBlock Boom. Thanks for listening. BitBlock Boom! Let's go! Let's go, crypto!